Thank you, everybody, for joining today. Um, welcome back to another Fast Fitness segment of the Making It in Tampa Bay podcast. Uh, I have a wonderful guest, Lauren Conlon, here with me today. Uh, Lauren is an amazing human being. Uh, she's super friendly, super nice. I know she's just shaking her head right now, um, but uh, she was amazing to meet in person. Um, just her uh wealth of knowledge um, and then obviously the willingness to keep progressing in that knowledge and keep growing her education uh, to better help the world and help uh, individuals on a daily basis. So just a little introduction about Lauren. Lauren is the owner of Team Loco Fit. Um, a lot we'll get into about that later on. Um, no, she's super excited to get that off the ground and running. Uh, she's also a physique coach, master's in exercise science, and then also a first form elite trainer. So again, Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, we're just going to get right uh, to it. So basically what I like to ask all of my guests is in one word or more, what would you describe that you do on a daily basis? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. That intro was very nice. (laughs) Um, And I really appreciate your words. So one word. So if anybody does know me, I'm very talkative. So one (laughs) word is going to probably... Be challenging, but I would say that if we did have to sum it up in one word, it would be educate. So I kind of have my hands in different things. I my main, you know, career is coaching people, so that is educating. Um, but then I do other things on the side as well. So which all comes back to educating. So whether that's through social media, whether that's through in person seminars, events, working with first form, teaching the certifications there. So just different things, but it all comes back to educating, and that's really my main goal is to be an educator within the space to, you know, clients, to people who aren't my clients, to other coaches, you know, whatever it may be, uh, that really is my singular focus. Awesome. So you got me on a good one. I, I could do that in one word. So I did. Nice. No, that's good. That's good. We usually like, you know, some people are talkative, some people aren't talkative. So we try to give them that like one word's okay, but if you can describe it more, that's even better. So let's go back to that, that niche, that you know, kind of turning point in your life where you were just like, you know, I want to, I love education. I love like getting in the books, like being knowledgeable. Where did that all start? And kind of like talk about that origin story a little bit. You know, I was never really a, um, you know, a crazy academic, like in high school, I never really thought of myself as, as that, uh, you know, I studied hard you know, I did pretty well, but it wasn't really until college that I kind of funneled my, you know, conscientiousness and my organization of of learning and kind of enjoyed that and then just kind of funneled it into, you know, school. So I started out actually as a dietetics major in my undergrad, um, realized that that wasn't necessarily the path for me, just based on some of the stuff they were teaching. So then I ended up switching to exercise science. And then through that, I ended up helping out with research as an undergrad. So basically, I helped out with a graduate student with his research um, and would show up to the lab, you know, 6 a.m., you know, run participants through things, you know, stuff like that. And I kind of realized, like, I don't know exactly what I want to do next. I know that I'm good at school. Um, 
and I know that I like learning. So I like this research stuff too. So I actually thought about getting a PhD or a master's. I wasn't sure, uh, but then I ended up going at the master's route. I'm very happy that I did just because that got me in contact with my then mentor, still mentor, uh, Dr. Bill Campbell. He's an amazing person in my life still. Uh, so he runs the Physique Enhancement Lab at the University of South Florida, which is in Tampa. Yeah. And we're honestly doing not just to say this, but like the only people doing this kind of research, um, just physique competitors. Brad Schoenfeld's pretty close with resistance-trained individuals, but Dr. Campbell focuses ex- almost now exclusively on physique-based research, so stuff that nobody else is doing, you know, um, and it's really, really awesome to, you know, so I got into that, and then I was like, wow, this is a whole new world. I get to run my own research study. I get to read research. I get to do all this stuff, um, but through that, like, I had found competing kind of in my undergrad. So I started competing and then I started kind of just coaching a handful of people because I yeah. I had a coach and, and I was learning stuff through school and people were asking me for help. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just start this. Yeah. Uh, but it was not official like at all. Like right. I didn't have a business name, didn't have an LLC, didn't have any, I had like three clients, you know, so it's not really like I, that's when I started the process of it, um, but it was not really my focus. And then after I turned pro, which was actually my first semester of grad school. I finished my first semester of grad school, ended up turning pro in the IFAB, and then I had a few other coaches sit me down and kind of say, hey, if you know, if you want to make this a real thing, like you need to do it. You know, you need to have a site, you need to have an LLC, right. you know, you need to help people officially. So I kind of kept it small throughout there because I was focusing on, on my research and, and all that, which was very intensive. Yeah. Um, a very long, uh, you know, study. It was like 22 weeks, which is not normal for a, you know, graduate level study. So uh, through all that, I just realized that I like learning and I like educating people because there's obviously a huge misconception between, um, really, the two different worlds like just don't speak. They're, they're learning to speak now, but right. science did not used to speak to the general public yep. and vice versa. Um, so there was a huge disconnect. And honestly, not even like nobody's fault, but it was just very like academics did academic stuff and then you know people who weren't in academia (laughs) did stuff outside of academia and uh, now i think that we're finding you know whether it's through just social media or just in general people are kind of you know bridging that gap air quotes right right and and, uh, you know even companies like first right they bring in people who maybe are you know artists like jeremy or myself or you know chad or whatever and we're teaching Right. right and we're bringing in this education we're also using the practical stuff as well so i think the, uh, okay, I want to educate people because I like doing this. Yeah, and um, there was a need for it, honestly. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Was was there? I always try to find something in a person's life where it was a flip. So, for example, you know, like I graduated college, I realized I was overweight. Was there something like? You know, when you were in middle school, high school, you know, was there like a real trigger where you were wanting to get into dietetics and then you switched into, you know, what you're into now? So I grew up with an eating disorder. I was anorexic from like eight to 13. And then I actually started seeing psychologists and a registered dietitian to try to get me back on track. Um, And as I kind of got back on track, I then graduated, you know, uh, Middle school, I guess. Yeah. Going to high school, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. In high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clearly, I have early onset. Early onset as well. But um, when you finish out, you know, when you're younger, yeah. But high school, that thing. Yeah. Um, I found track. Um, so I found sports, and I, I really enjoyed that. I was already competitively rode horses. Um, 
and you know owned horses, but that was a completely different, like not normal sport. Right? Okay. So um, I then found a regular sport as well, um, and, and learned kind of okay. I, had gone through all these struggles growing up um, as an adolescent, and then I used that information to kind of say, okay, well, I need to, you know, if I want to train and do well as an athlete, I need to, you know, eat a little bit better. But it was still not really my big focus. But when I decided, okay, well, I need to go to college for something, I was like, well, people get paid to tell other people what to eat. That seems pretty cool because at that point, that was a huge part of my life right. um, and honestly I don't think that if I ever had an eating disorder I would have seen a dietitian at 12 years old you know most people right. do that so it honestly was a very pivotal thing for me as far as um, you know like what am I what am I even going to focus on because right. um, like I said in high school and stuff I was never really like a big academic you know in that sense and I was never really going out of my way to take science classes like I just wasn't doing that so yeah. um, that was kind of the first pivot point and then the second pivot point kind of towards the more coaching and you know what should I do with my life thing was was my research project and then basically at that point I had already been coaching a few people on the side but wasn't really sure if I was gonna do that right, right. um you know or do that yeah, yeah. educate coach people but then when I did my project and we had about 30 people finish so 40 to start 30 to finish and you know it's six months with people and, and you don't see them every day obviously right but when you do see them you do have this connection right and you do build this relationship so it's very similar to coaching so I essentially like work with these people um you know for these you know few months and I realized that wow like there is a lot out there that I can that, that's still missing and I can help a lot of people this way. That's cool. That's awesome. Through that struggle, what, what was, what did you hold on to? Or I guess it, as far as like a piece of advice that you would give to, you know, someone, I mean, even in their early twenties or their late teens that, you know, might be struggling with that. Like what was something that you held on to that really got you through that and made you realize that, you know, there's more to than whatever this I identity that I've been given and that I can go past this and, and continue to grow with the eating disorder. Yeah. So it's a little bit different because mine was so early. Right. Um, so I don't really think that I like formulated so much about, um, like when I got out of it, I don't really think that I like, I wasn't like, Oh, I overcame this. It wasn't anything like that. Whereas like right. now, obviously I'm a little bit more mature and I can kind of think through things. Right. Um, but clearly as I think back on my life and you know, why did that happen and, and how did that shape me as a person? Um, obviously there was some kind of self-inflicted trauma. Mm-hmm. There was some, there was something there, right. Whether it was self-inflicted or not. Um, but just knowing myself and knowing my personality traits, like, all of that stems back to other things. Right. Um, and it, you know, kind of just builds on each other. Right. Yeah. And then you kind of realize as you get older, like, wow, okay, maybe I was like this because of, of you course. know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And I really think the biggest thing from that I've taken from that is kind of diving more into learning more of the, the psychology behind things right. and just understanding that like we do things for a reason and you have to be detached enough to look at your life and say, okay, why am I acting the way that I'm acting? Right. Um, is it because of my past? Is it because of my personality traits? And, and regardless of what it is, if it's a negative thing for yourself or for society, you have to fix it. Yeah. So just being like self-reflective enough to look at that and say, okay, you know, why did that happen? Um, what am I funneling that into nowadays? Because it might not be the same thing. Right. Because our problems always kind of resurface. They might not look the same. Exactly. Um, like I might not be anorexic anymore, obviously. Right. Um, but am I acting those same traits out in a different way? So it's really just been a lot of self-reflection and um, just kind of learning in that area because that's not something that I was really exposed to really in 
schooling or, you know, obviously I said I didn't go see a psychologist, but I was like, yeah. fuck out here, fuck off. You should right. like, yeah. It wasn't really like yeah. a, a positive experience in my mind. So yeah. maybe it was obviously because I'm better, but in my mind it was not a good experience. So, right. um, you know, there's, I would say a really good pivotal person would, would be Jordan Peterson. If anybody's not familiar with him, which kind of have to live under a rock if you don't know who that is, but yeah. he's a really well-known psychologist now um, for a variety of reasons. But I would really encourage people to look into his, um, you know, information and not what other people say about him, but right. what he puts out. And um, he's a credible you know, person, and he has so much information out there as far as lectures and things like that. And it's really just gotten me to dive deeper into things and and force me to read other things to learn about you know different stuff. That's cool, awesome. That so it's what's bad? Yeah. Oh no, you're good. You're good. That was great. That, um, that was very useful, and I'm sure helpful for a lot of people. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, so we've gotten. Little know a little bit more about you and talk about you know what you're focusing on now and then obviously I know you're a big growth mindset you're educating so you're constantly thinking about what what's going on next so obviously Team Loco Fit um, saw you came out with your mission statement you got a lot going on there as far as on your Instagram so what's kind of your goal as far as like now just not doing it on your own but kind of branding out and, and creating a team and what's your what's your goal behind that. Yeah, it's, it's completely different, you know, me versus a team, you know, mm-hmm. is a completely different mindset on my own end. Um, so like I said, I started very small for the first few years. And then I would say that at about 2016, like that's kind of when things started really picking up. And then when I did graduate kind of middle of 2016 for my master's, that's really when things kind of went full time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really sure, but I kind of built up slowly every semester, kind of taken on a little more, a little more. And then I was in a good position to do that full time. Um, around that time, you know, I had with my boyfriend, Ryan, he does the training programming for some of our clients. So I had him start helping with that. Now, in my mind, like we've been, well, we've been dating now for like six years. Um, we live together. So it wasn't really like I was, you know, he was, he's a part of the business, but it's not like it's anything different, right? Because he's right. a part of my life in right. a different way. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and he's very intelligent in his own way and he knows exactly how he wants to do things. So there's really no, really no mentoring or coaching on that side. Right. Yeah. Um, so he handled that and, but I handled everything else and, um, which was fine until, um, you know, about, like 20, 2018 kind of started to get that, like running my head against the wall, kind of feeling like I can pick up this much, but then it has to swing back down and I can pick up this much. As a person, you can literally only do so much. And I was very hard headed and I'm very, um, I want to do everything myself right. <laughs> and because I think that I can do everything better. Myself. And that is obviously a flaw. Um, that I just, I just wasn't delegating. I wasn't, yeah. Uh, to use Jocko's terms, I yes. wasn't using decentralized command, yeah. um, which is very important. So I was trying to be the head person, and I was just, you know, you can only take on so much. So finally, I said to myself last year, okay, I if I'm ever going to grow, I need to bring somebody on. So September of last year, I finally brought on an admin. So she handles all the inquiries, and she handles all of the payments on my end. Okay, that was helpful. Yes. 
Then in October, I brought on my first coach. So she's been a client of mine for many years now. She actually is in the same master's program that I'm in. So she had just moved to Tampa. She's doing that master's. She's a great client, great person. So I thought, man, this is a really good fit. Um, but what I didn't expect was the initial resistance of people were like, why would I hire this girl and not you? Right. Um, because for so long, it had been Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Like, Lauren is local fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I was like, yeah, Ryan's going to do your training. Like, oh, okay, cool. Because like Lauren is Ryan. Yeah, it works. But now this whole new person was like, whoa. And I, again, my fault, didn't know how to, you know, I didn't set that up properly. Um, and I was like, man, I just scratched my head, like, what should I do? And then I finally was like, no, this needs to be a team thing. We need to change everything. So we completely changed the website, completely changed our wording. Um, and it's everything is the same because the people who are my coaches are mentored by me. They work directly, they work directly under me as clients and they work directly under me as coaches. So we get together every week. We're about to get on a call in a little bit. Um, we have meetings every week. I talk to them pretty much every day. Like we, we go through the whole mentoring process. So, but it was just changing that kind of thing of like, Hey, it's a team. And then in January, I brought on my second coach. And then now last in June, I brought on the third coach. So for now we're good. (laughs) Um, um, Our little, you know, team of five now so that is enough to manage for yeah. sure. Um, and so now pretty much my, my shift is I'm doing my speaking engagements. Um, but now when I do that, what I was running into was I would go stage like the first time I would speak. And then I would have no way that I would be able to interact with those people because I just didn't have any more room. Right. So now you're like the team logo fit philosophies can't just be me. It has to be other people who embody those philosophies and can coach as well as me, which is why I've hired the coaches. Yeah. So my big focus is just spreading the team logo fit philosophy and our mission and everything, um, which I appreciate you checking that out on, yeah. <laughs> on social. Uh, I just thought that would be fun to share because I had written that. Like I said, I, I've lived these principles, but I right. finally wrote them down because now I have this, this team. It's a lot different. So yeah. um, I figured out to share that with people because online, you know, you really don't know people are so yeah. and of course I could say that I don't necessarily have to act it out but I would right. you know the goal is hey this is this is how we live our lives this is how we coach people and then if people do interact with us they know that that's true so yeah. um, it's just very different now it's, it's it's the same thing as far as like I'm trying to grow Team Logo Fit and and how we can help people, but now I can I can actually do it because before I couldn't. Right. Um, because it was just like spinning, like yeah, the hamster wheel, right? Because yeah, right. I will never sacrifice quality for quantity. That's good. So the amount of people I work with, obviously everybody wants to work with more people because that's how you make a bigger impact, right? Right. But you can only work with so many people um, as a coach and do it the right way. Right. So I will never sacrifice quality in order to work with more people. So how do we grow? We have to have more people. Right. So it has been different mentoring them. Um, yeah. You know, I had to really step that up as far as like, you know, leading yourself is very different than leading other people. Right. Um, but I've done what I'm hoping is a lot of work on that end and I'm you know continuously trying to like we're always refining the ways that we do things um, because one coach is different than two then different than three so right. we're always trying to refine it um, but I think that you know we're kind of getting into a good groove and I you know I'm just so happy so that's awesome what's um so when you when you first started team logo you were by yourself you were the the thought process came into you know and a lot of people we were trying to help people as far as you know whether they're wanting to get out of their nine to five job or they're wanting to start a side business or they're wanting to really focus on you know being able to help people through whether it's a service or whatever it is what was your mindset going into I'm going to create this, but then also kind of talking about your idea behind a mission statement and actually writing it down. Cause I think a lot of people will struggle with what are my, fo- what's my focus. So 
come back to that, like, all right, I'm going to create this. This is why. And then also what's the importance of writing down, you know, a mission statement so that you have that focus going into it. Yeah. So when I started it again, I was in a very different place. I was, I was in school and I was just kind of in need where people were like, Hey, you know, you do this stuff. Can you help me kind of a deal? Right. And that's really how it, it started. And I had no grand ideas. I felt like this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be employing people. Like at some point right. I was really not, not on my radar. Yeah. Um, but I always still had the same without writing them down. I still had the same, um, you know, thoughts, I guess, as far as like, you know, how I wanted to run things. But I mean, I have, and I can say this and I don't really say a lot of positive things about myself. I can confidently say that I've completely changed how I coach people from when I started to now. Um, and the, one of our, you know, core values is just open to openness to learning. Right. And a lot of people, um, they start doing things a certain way and they don't want to change that. And I mean, I've almost completely changed how I do things as far as a coaching standpoint from when I started now. And, no, it's the same structure. You have weekly updates. Okay, that's pretty much the only thing that's the same. Like, I'm an online coach who has weekly updates. Yes, but how I go about that is completely different. And how I speak to people has really changed. So my knowledge has increased over time. My delivery has changed. And just, like, the, how we do things are just completely different. Um, and that's because you have to be open to learning new things. So when I started out, you know, it was with the right intentions, but I didn't necessarily, like, sit down. And, again, I think part of that does come back to the place I was in my life. Right. If people are, you know, currently in a job, they're mid-20s, mid-30s, whatever it is, and you already have kind of a, you know, life going, and you already have this kind of higher-level thinking going, and then it's a little bit different. Like, I was just like, hey, I guess I'm just <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> whatever right. and um, thankfully I've grown a lot like since then and it's almost I almost feel bad now that I'm like not that I did anything bad to people but it's like when you think back to you know a few yeah. years ago you're like oh it <laughs> so differently and it right. wasn't like a malicious bad thing I didn't like screw anybody over or, like ruin their life right. but it's just I know how I would do things now but that is part of the learning process right, right. Um, and that's why I think it is very important to be open to learning whether it is through a personal mentor a personal coach going to school taking a certification whatever it may be it's so vital because I mean, there's a lot of people who do this. So mm-hmm. if you're looking to make it, you're just looking to do it outside. That's you know a lot different than if you're trying to make it a full-time career, right? Awesome. Um, and I would urge people, if you are in a career right now and you're looking to switch, don't just drop everything because you have this idea. Um, there's a really, really great book that I can't recommend enough. So it's called So Good, They Can't Ignore You. Um, Cal Newport is amazing. He writes... I've re- I've, read that book as well as deep work which is also amazing and i have his third book his newest one called digital minimalism i haven't gotten to it yet but he's an awesome writer and the, the so good they can't ignore you basically goes into the passion process and how it's bullshit to be completely honest right. um and all those people who like steve jobs you know, he, re- he references the the famous steve jobs thing or his commencement speech where it's like yeah. just if you want to do it or whatever the hell he said you yeah. know and uh, just because you want to do something or think that you're good at it, you're passionate about it, means you should do it. And it's like, oh, you should probably have some skills first. Right. So maybe you have, like, yes, have a passion for something. You're interested in it. Okay. Well, now you need to develop skills in order to actually be good at it so that you are so good that they can't ignore you and your skills. That's so good. There's a great example in the book where somebody um, had a regular job, normal life, and then she said, I'm going to quit all of this and start a yoga studio because I love yoga. She barely, she didn't have her certification yet. She had never taught yoga classes. She stopped her current job and opened up the thing and the business failed. And she goes, oh, I'm not good at this. 
First right. of all, that was I couldn't think of a worse situation. Yeah. So it's kind of similar. I see a lot of people nowadays, and you know, maybe this is cool thing to say. I don't know, but it's like just you know, quit your job, move across the country to specifically California, <laughs> um, and just follow your heart. It's like. I could not think of a worse thing to recommend to somebody to be completely honest. Right. Um, you know, and maybe that's because I'm a little more conservative in certain areas, but I'm also realistic. You know what right. I mean? And like, yes, if your back is pressed against the wall, you'll make, you'll make shit happen. But that's not always the best way. Like, do you, if you don't have to do that, why would you? Right. right. So say you are in a, in a job and, and even if you hate it or, or whatever it is, at least build up the skills in exactly. order to outweigh the current situations that when you do make that transition then you can't yeah. um, especially because people like unless you're like 20 and you, know, you have no responsibility no house no family no significant other I mean like, I couldn't even do that right now if I wanted to right like right. just completely change my life like I got a mortgage I have a significant other like we have things that we have to do like yeah it's just completely different, you know what I mean? And um, Very true. so I think that sometimes that I don't think that advice is necessarily to get bad or malicious, but I just think it's in the wrong context. So if somebody yeah. is looking to completely change their life, first, read so good they can't ignore you. Second, figure out what you want to do and start building those skills slowly. And you may be able to transition out, or you may find that you don't even really like it. Yeah. <laughs> or you thought you liked it because you don't, you think that you might like it because you don't like what you're currently doing. The grass is always greener, right? Like right. people might look at what, you know, I'm doing right now. I'm like, oh, that's exactly the life I want to live. And then there's days where I'm like, man, I really wish I could do X. <laughs> you know, like it happens to everybody. Of so um, I do think that it's important to really be realistic about that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, that play, that book is a great place to start. That was huge. That was huge. So for anybody that did just miss the last like four or five minutes of Lauren, just giving that amazing, you know, life talk, We've talked about this on our second episode, guys, as far as purpose, finding purpose, but also being smart with it. And I think what Lauren just went over is so huge for those of you that, you know, are in a nine to five job or trying to figure out what you want to do with your passion because your passion can lead to your purpose. And obviously you have to have those skills to be able to grow from there. So I think that was so yeah. huge what you said, Lauren. So. And some people don't even have to, you don't have to make your career out of your passion necessarily, Ooh, right? So I think some people forget about that too. But like, what if your passion is like helping homeless people but you can go volunteer on the weekends doesn't mean you have to quit your job and work at the soup kitchen or start your own thing maybe you do that at some point like you know what I mean when you develop you know enough skills and acquire enough knowledge and enough money but you can still fill that passion right without necessarily stopping what you're doing completely. And I think that that's kind of where the narrative has gotten like really jacked up recently in recent years. And maybe that's just what I see on social media, but it's just, yeah, that's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, last question I'll finish you off with been amazing so far is basically Instagram's going away. So they said no more. You get to post one last picture. It can be wherever with whomever, either by yourself or with somebody, um, and it can be anywhere. But the problem is you only have three words to describe the caption. Um, so what would be your picture? Who would be there? Where would it be? And then what would your caption say? Yeah. Mm. So I would probably have a picture of me and the team. Probably one of the ones that we just took. One of me and my team, and it would say quality impact results because mm. that is what our team represents. 
And then I would add a little thing. Maybe I'll, maybe I would write it on the picture and I would say, go to our website. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to like, you know, get another just word get in, that there. in there. Um, visit our site. That people don't think um, it, I know that's just being like, yeah. but um, yeah, that would really be it. Like, Hey, we're team love fit. This is what we represent. This is what we offer. Um, and a lot of people, I don't know. Like, if social media did go away, sometimes I wonder like how people would function. Right. Right. Um, but that's why, you know, you have to have things like a website. Right. right. Um, and it, it's so crazy to me because people message us all the time and, Oh, um, do you do coaching? <laughs> like what? Um, or, you know, I want, I want coaching. Or I want to apply. Then apply for where? Like the website. Um, so to me, like if I'm looking for something like that's where I try to see if somebody has a website first. You right. know what I mean? But I think a lot of people have switched to thinking that everything is on social media. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like there's a whole world outside of social media. Right. And, um, you know, when you buy products, you obviously think people have a website. You know right. what I mean? Um, like a first forms, Instagram went away. Well, everybody knows you to buy first form stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes with whenever it's like a coaching or like a personal kind of thing, uh, people maybe forget that. So yeah, I would probably write quality impact results. And then on the picture, I would write teamlogofit.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So you get both in there. That's um, good. But yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting world and who knows it might be going away. You know, like literally we could all wake up yeah. tomorrow and talk about it. So. Yeah. But I think that just goes back to, you know, and finish it up. I think your, your value of education, your value of being able to create the skills to then go out and impact people. And you didn't realize that obviously in college, you're like, Oh my gosh, like I'm helping people. And by like giving yourself the knowledge and the understanding that, you know, if I equip myself to, to the fact where nobody's going to be able to ignore me, I'm going to be able to impact the world, you know, in a better way and, you know, do it quality over, you know, just trying to, you know, feed somebody, you know, a diet plan or anything. So, Yes. Yeah. And that's really what ultimately coaching is like, yes, obviously a big part of it is, you know, what are you eating? What are your numbers? But uh, a bigger part of it needs to be education. Um, and that needs to be something that the, the coach has to work on because it doesn't just come, you know, for some people it comes more naturally than others, obviously, but it is a skill that you do have to work on with how your delivery is and your communication skills. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much for your time. Thank you everybody. If you got the chance to listen again, we're on, uh, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, YouTube, um, Google Play. Please give us a follow. Let Lauren uh, know that she was such a wonderful guest. Um, greatly appreciate her time. So thankful. Um, and Lauren, so where can people find you? Instagram, I know that, teamlocofit.com, uh, anywhere else important? Yeah. So Instagram is just my name, uh, at Lauren Conlin, L-A-U-R-I-N. C-O-N-L-I-N. Uh, the team page is at Team Local Fit. Our website, as we discussed, is <laughs> teamlocofit.com. Uh, and on there is all different information about the coaches, how to apply, different programs we offer. And also, you can subscribe for our newsletter there, which is our like newest baby. We've had it for several months now, but it's, it's been a really fun project, especially with the new coaches. Um, so twice a week, you get informational stuff in your inbox so that's pretty awesome so newsletter and then also youtube i've been really trying to amp up the youtube education as well so just youtube lauren conlin that is my channel there's a ton of videos on there and then i do co-host two podcasts redefine healthy radio uh with paul Ravella, and then uh the unglamorous life with celeste bowman so awesome fantastic well thank you again lauren for your time thank you everybody for listening we'll talk to you guys soon have a great rest of your week and have a good one 
And say it out loud.